One of the biggest phrases going around Hell Let Loose right now is Kickstarter promises are broken. We're going to go ahead and dive into that head first with two original Kickstarter backers at the major level. That's $300 they put back into this game in 2017. We're going to ask them for their opinions and get their honest feedback. Speaking of money, the competitive scene is both raising money for good charities and providing some prize pool, including DreamHack at $1,000 making their way into the HL competitive scene. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to hit it hard. Episode 9 of Hell Let's Talk starts now. And we are there and back, Digi. A new episode a new, nine. Episode nine and a new season, which means and it, we whole new season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we got we got the whole new season. So last week, our uh, junk give credit to Jungle Jungle gave us this whole new graphic background, the stage for Digi and I to perform on and dance for your entertainment pleasure. New uh, intro, new song, and I'd like to say thank you, Maury, for that uh, that video you all just saw that was put together by our our good pal Maury. I think Indeed. he did a really nice job with that new intro. Plus, I think you know he actually got a couple of the other training camp guys. So those guys that are running around in there, uh, if you see yourself, mom on TV on a podcast on about a very specific game that's in early access, it's very minor, but you can still claim it. Anyway, uh, we're we're here at early showtime, uh, Digi. Yeah, er, it's nine a.m. over here in the beautiful west coast of Canada. So yeah, yeah. nine a.m. show, and they got me uh, to drinking already. So yeah, I got one glass, one glass. So because right after this, we follow up with uh, a scrimmage match with a law squad. So I'd like to propose the toast to a, another great episode and a, another great season. Prost! Cheers. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. Yep. <laughs> It's 11 o'clock somewhere, as they always say. Um, well, April Fool's first. Um, I'd like yeah. to kind of go through these new recent update nines uh, changes that they brought through. But yeah, April Fool's happened and they got us with a good one. You know, you saw all the various heroes you could have played as. But uh, the serious changes that uh, followed after their April Fool's joking was uh, they've removed the outpost um, as they not belong to the unit from the spawn list so yep. there should be a little less uh confusion as to where the hell you need to spawn so you don't see everybody's outpost so you just see clutter. your outpost so much clutter oh, yeah. and and the less yeah the less you can see and it just really can streamline that stuff like i mean why show it if you can't use it it's that sense it's just it's, it's just again a, a nicer pathway to go it's optimized in that sense and we're seeing these little minor tweaks they're just kind of streamlining the process. So the other thing is they've restored the green icon for outposts that Thank belong you. to your unit. And uh, you can deploy on the, the deploy screen and the tactical map. So it's, again, just it was almost too many changes at once. So they brought some things back. And it yeah, it's it's back into a happy place when, when it regards to the outpost spawning. What else did they bring about there, Inchon? Well, besides the OP changes, and granted, these are all things that they've addressed. They say we'll be coming at the end of the month. So they're not live lip yet, but coming into the end of April. But they talked about bit, uh, bullet pass or bullet penetration on various mm -hmm. assets. Bullet penetration is always one of those things that they keep stating. And I don't know if as the players we're really seeing the effects yet. And uh, maybe there's just one tweak that needs to happen for us to magically see it. But 
uh, kind of some lips, uh, you know, a, a line there. Uh, what really kind of gets to me, you know, they talk about client server crashes. Yes, those mm -hmm. are still happening. Yes, it's it not not nearly as frequent as Update 7. Update 7 had crashes all the time. Uh, but they're still noticing some, still working to increase the stability. But there's this one line in here, performance optimizations. And here's what I think all of us are waiting for them just to say. We are taking the grass back, <laughs> the, you know... <laughs> The uh, the lawns let loose, and I'm going to give credit uh, to the YouTube comment uh, made by a Taldron on there. Uh, I sh I wish I would have thought of that for last episode's show, but lawn let loose needs the mowers to come out and just cut it down. Uh, the FPS kill is killer. Uh, I know Mosca, you know, he's put out some great cartoons about that. We've uh, had some people with high end PCs that just haven't been able to uh, handle this. So FPS makes the grass grow, or something yeah. to that effect, yeah, right? Yeah, so. I think, yeah, that's one of those tailoring backs um, that we might be able to see. But again, it's just keep progressing. Um, yeah. What else you got for the timeline later this month? Well, and, and I'm hoping this becomes more of a regular thing. So Update 9 came out and they had two uh, hot hot patches or hot fix, which were critical. Mm -hmm. They needed to do that they, they, they and they reacted well. I like their timeline of releasing the patch early in the week and then getting some runtime with a live servers and be yeah, and that was good. I, I think that was a very smart play on their part to start it up early in the week, kind of run through that stuff and, you know, all before free weekend, uh, you know, happened. And I think that is a great approach and you're seeing a little bit more of that. And, you know, so, now we'll just hopefully see some more PTE um, come in beforehand as well. So. Indeed. So for the, this patch, we're talking about the end of April for it to be. Mm -hmm. And this is what I like to see. I like, like I said, I like seeing them on the front end do that little things. I would like to see more of these smaller game improvement, not necessarily content patches, smaller game improvements be more frequently between larger content uh, updates. <laughs> I, I hope this is a model they continue to go forward with, but uh, regardless, they're communicating, they're acknowledging it. Uh, we'll see what the optimization one is. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got maybe some indications that it's grass, but we'll see. <laughs> Digi's double fisting the uh, Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to just play games with my heart at 9 a.m. So uh, <laughs> still kind of so, on the, the front end waking up. But yes, yeah. no. That, uh. Yeah, but there was there was a, uh, you know, DevRees all came out about Russian content, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And for purposes of this one, the content, the Russian is kind of dripping out. Uh, to, to me, the bigger news of this this show is getting into the competitive scene. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we, we did a whole focus on the winter seasonal 16, you know, 50 man teams, but there is more and more competitive uh, events happening. And with the advent of the admin cam, more players coming in, a higher player piece, people wanting to see this, it's happening all around us. So I want to just kind of take the, the next little minute, minute here and highlight a few of these here. Um, starting with uh, the uh, Greyhound Cup. Um, and I, I apologize, Dizzy, I actually got this mark for you, but. Uh, this is something that actually I've been able to pair up with Mono Special and do some uh, competitive broadcasting. Das Altbrook's already in there showing the admin cam along with the uh, first-person point of view. But this format is 10 teams, 35-person uh, minimum, but you can go up to 42, 46, 50, whoever shows up, so that way there's not as much of commitment there for the uh, smaller clans. It does have a $250 prize pool. Uh, to kind of put a little uh, little skin in the game, if you will. A little spice on there, you know? Yeah. It makes it more interesting. It's yeah. not like you're not sweating. You're not yeah. sweating. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, uh, that prize money is uh, donated or consolidated from the players themselves, and 100% of it gets distributed back between 
it's a split between first, second, and third, things of that nature. And I think mm-hmm. later on, we'll Ice probably cream have... money. Yeah, you know, a little sum-sum. Uh, <laughs> but there's some big names in it that we've seen in the winter seasonal. Uh, you got Odd Company and 82nd AD, and then there's also mm-hmm. some, like, newer names, or some names that are just kind of making their way into those uh, those uh, kind of premier uh, competitive advances. Uh, uh, Pi, uh, permanently intoxicated, has impressed the hell out of me. And actually, they got an upset win just yesterday against Odd Company. Oh, some serious drunken masters going on there. Wow, Five against oh. Odd Company. Wow, that's that's pretty yeah. impressive. Our type of people. Um, Our type of people. Yes. <laughs> and they're kind of, they're paired up with STB STDBD whatever uh, a German community. So that's been really good for them. Um, but that's that's really focused on the European nation. Uh, Digi, I know you're aware of the uh, Australian scene. Yeah, taking it down under H HKFT holding. Uh, yeah, can't right there. <laughs> holding flanks and killing tanks. Yeah, there uh, you go. He wrote my notes wrong. Um, they they uh, were going against the AIF. Um, there's an Australian competitive scene that's brewing um, quite nicely, actually. You know, and I think it's a matter of time that's really starting to pick pick up and get some traction there. And they've had some really good rounds there. Um, it was a best of two uh, sorry best of three um and actually you know they got it tied up one to one um the final match is going to occur on april 18th there's a lot of good streams you can check that out at um i think there's a von lux got one that he runs for that but uh, yeah no yep nope go ahead Oh, it's Yvonne Luck's going to do it, and then I'm going to be uh, co-hosting with him on that and one. And you're going to be co-hosting yeah. on that. So, yeah, a really good competitive scene starting to happen uh, on the land down under. So I, I can't wait to see what comes of that. Indeed, indeed. So that's, you know, some happening uh, with those teams. There's another competitive uh, scene that just started up this last week also, and really for a great cause here. Uh, so the 7th Cavalry um, and uh, has created a fundraiser opportunity for the International Association of Suicide Prevention and really kind of going back to a lot of the PTSD roots, things of that nature, felt uh, it hit home for them and put it out to the community. And the community responded. They, they had a goal of $1,000 uh, for the ISA, uh, IASP. They have raised, and we can see it here on the screen, $2,729 by having eight different teams uh, form a team, come up here, and within that team, raise money. And, uh, you know, the 7th Cav uh, has put up, a, uh, I think, $700, but out of that also, uh, we have MPA raising $680. So shout out to the MPA community. Uh, very generous donations there. 107th Infantry Regiment, who I'm actually interested to see how they, I, I don't know how they're performing or how their performance is in the competitive scene, uh, but I do know they're generous. They've got mm-hmm. uh, $344 put up in there. And then the Dash badges. has linked the uh, the the GoFundMe link in the chat now. If you're if you're joining us on the live broadcast, uh, definitely go and check that out. I think it's a great cause. Um, thank you for organizing that seven cav. Yeah, that's yep. fantastic. I, I think that's great. And you know, like I said, seeing some of these other teams, you know, get stepping in, stepping in for the right reasons, and getting on there. And really, and mm-hmm. this is kind of getting to the point where what is that update nine meta yes we had conversation about the red zone garrisons we had conversation mm-hmm. we had a lot of conversation about resource notes uh, but <laughs> too long what, too long some would nah, say nah that was fine but uh the the competitive scene i think is really where you get to figure out where these mechanics get tuned to their uh, you know to to a level that you don't see in public so so all this great great reasons but then there is a name that is now entering the competitive scene here, and this name is Dreamhack. 
and they've come come to us. Uh, they came to NPA and NPA has worked out some of the details with that. Um, but we've got the DreamHack Invitational, which is going to be upcoming here. Um, DreamHack, of, of course, is part of an ESL. Um, so an electronic sports league, uh, get my acronyms out there. Um, but it's a premier esports league with the gaming culture in mind. Um, there's for this event, they're bringing in a thousand dollar prize pool, um, which will be between the four clans, uh, as, as set up, it'll be a one day battle, um, and winner take all situation, I believe. Um, but the teams involved with this is, uh, never play alone MPA, um, the training camp, CFR and WTH. So I think it'll be really four great teams. It'll be a really fun event and we can't wait to see what comes out of that invitational. Um, yeah. It'll be very highly, um, I, you know, the admin cam has just been such an amazing tool. I can't wait to see, but I think the broadcasting of that is going to be top notch. Indeed, can't wait indeed. to see what happens. And not to mention it takes this game and introduces it to that esports league. Now we mm -hmm. can do a whole in our episode on whether the, you know, Hell Let Loose is ready for esports or could be an esports league. But I, 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 you know, my opinion, I believe it is. I think, you know, you're in the you're in contingent running. It's just continually getting updated. But, you know, as long as it's still being followed, I think, uh, you know, there's a marketplace uh, for competitive Hell Let Loose. I mean, yeah. again, you, you can't put different customizations on the weapons. And I think, you know, it's still at its base arcade game can be very sensible. Yeah. Well, and I, the other part of like that, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't know if it's ready for full esports like you would see like on Overwatch or CSGO, anything of that nature. Uh, but what it does, and this is why I like the introduction, it does provide a magnitude of esports that I haven't seen elsewhere. Mm -hmm. hundred people in one match is just blows the mind of, you know, uh, and... and it's happening every corner, right? I mean, exactly. it's to that sake. You, you, I've been watching you. Uh, Inchon does a lot of uh, the streaming on, on his free time, just watching pup matches. And it's crazy to see what the engagements, you know, happening over here or happening here. There's a lot of action that's, you know, jam-packed into one and a half hour games. I think that, yep. you know, you, you can never run dry um, in a match. Yep, yep. So this, uh, I, I honestly can't say enough. I think a lot of the community was surprised to see such a large name come into mm -hmm. an early access game. I think this is the first time DreamHack has, if I remember correctly, seen somewhere um, from Chuck Dix, is uh, this is the first time DreamHack has entered or uh, you know even touched a early access game. So mm -hmm. congratulations on them. We're definitely going to be following it. Uh, we're going to be participating in it. Uh, more to follow on next episode. Uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's the competitive scene. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I can, well, let's go right into Dev Brief 114 on February 12th. This Dev Brief 114 was dropped. Yeah. Um, and it really kind of broke apart the generational aspect of players and uh, that play hell at loose, and you know, all the way up from the Kickstarters to the end. So here's what the challenge is: the developers are having addressing both segments right you got your your core original players from veterans to kickstarters to this newer uh segment of people that are coming in you know they came on the new player the free player weekends uh they're just new you know you you got a couple hours in and you're trying to engage and this is what they're seeing trying to address both parties um we've noticed that the content of dev briefings tend to be angled towards one or two parts of the community one side is keen to hear about the future content and the other is ready to look behind the scenes at the developmental process. 
while the other is really interested in the granular updates on specific technical issues. So, you know, that's kind of us. Like we're looking at the yep. nitty gritty, you know, hey, they moved this one thing over here and, you know, that we're going to talk about it. Um, so it really, I think, you know, that's that's their balancing act that they have to do as the devs is really, you know, introduce these changes and, you know, try and make it a, a, the balancing act. Um, so what, yeah. are you, what are your thoughts? Well, and if you're curious why we're talking about a dev brief back in February, the yeah. reason being is, you know, the topic of this show is going to be looking at the Kickstarter. And this this dev brief was something that we didn't have time for in a previous episode, but we thought it would be important to bring it back into to acknowledge that the developers are, like you said, you know, yeah, we know we have two different player bases, but I actually think that we actually might have three different player bases. So mm. in preparation for this episode and really trying to define who we're talking about, I went through all the uh, stream charts numbers and compared it to events and games. And what you actually see here to me is three generations. You have the recent players and I, to me, and we're going to start with the more, the, the more current ones. So recent players and this is everybody from update seven to now. Um, really, the people that never knew the word ninja garrisons. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. 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 And what's your other dividing dividing mark there? Well, and I think and this is so you I got think this where, middle chunk. When did yeah. when did the middle chunk start? So for me, I think this is where you came into the game, if I remember correctly, between update three and update seven. Yeah, I was I was on update three. Yeah, so that so that's going to be the October. I'm looking at my notes here: October 2019 through July 2020, um, and we can actually see. I acknowledge a little bit the population increase between this generation and the recent gener uh, players, as we've called them here. It nearly doubled as far as our average players on the game. So mm -hmm. uh, it 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 did go increase. Granted, you had updates seven and our free player weekend, but the free player weekends really are the ones where we see these high ticks of people jumping into the yeah, game. Yeah, spikes to plateaus, spikes to plateaus. But I mean, it's it's good to see that it's 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 continually every giant update you get a nice uh, bump in the average core player base. So, but yeah, yeah. no, I three generations. You are correct. I think yeah, it's. But I again, we're going to link right into these these early access players that really got in at the start of it all. And I can't wait to hear what their thoughts are. Um, <laughs> I like, I mean, let's bring well, them in, man. Well, I just, just I'm, I'm ready. I, I just want to bring them in because I think uh, it's, you know, it, again, there's a veteran core and it really just links all the way back to when this game first dropped on Kickstarter as a concept. And I yep. I'm just. I can't wait. I, I'm actually, I was really looking forward to this episode um, and who we're going to bring in here. So but, without uh, further ado, here's our uh, lovely faces. I'm going to go ahead and get the honor of introducing uh, Double Douche here. Double is one of my longest friends in this game. Mm -hmm. I think he was, and I, I, had the, I had the complete rookie story that everybody has in this game. Double was a squad leader. He was one of the first vocal squad leaders. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the way the game's supposed to be played. Uh, then it turns out that uh, he was true to his name, and I loved him even more. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real character there, Devil. Yeah. Uh, happy to have you on board. As you can see, you know, he he he, he actually he streams out his, his games as well. You can catch him at Double Douche on Twitch, and I believe he's got YouTube. Um, really good content provider and a really good player of the game. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's uh, how many hours are you up to, Double? I am up to 2659, I think. That's a, that's a big number. <laughs> <laughs> you had to look that up. So what does it just say? Twenty six hundred hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do, yeah. It's oh, I'm sorry. Tw I'm dyslexic. Twenty five sixty nine. 
And our other guest, uh, you know, I get, coming all the way, we're, we're going across the continent with this one. We found uh, Grim Geist, another original Kickstarter member. Welcome, Grim. I uh, believe you're in uh, Germany. Is that right? That's correct, yes. And uh, Grim is a master of hell. He earned the badge. He's he's classed out everything to level 10. He's been playing the game a uh, very long time, uh, you know, all the way from the beginning. That's that's why it's the Kickstarter show. How many hours do you have currently, Grim? Uh, I'm at the prox like, I don't know, 3,300 hours, something. <laughs> We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> Collectively, I think in this bunch, we're what over five thousand easy, right? Between myself and Grim, we're over five thousand. Yeah, yeah, six thousand, seven thousand. I, 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 we're I, almost I, reaching the ten thousand mark in this, this little group of four heads. I'm a, I'm a mere mortal, and with my thousand hours, so. Uh, Grim, mm -hmm. double. We're gonna go ahead and get into it, but first, let's go ahead and give a little backstory on the Kickstarter here. Some uh, some of the um, mm -hmm. kind of uh, frame it for you. So. Starting around November of 2017, Kickstarter, the um, Team 17 goes on to Kickstarter. Sorry, Black Banner goes on to Kickstarter, puts it out there. That Kickstarter runs approximately through, I think it was up for a couple of hours, but uh, this generation we're talking about runs through update three, which would be October 2019. There were 5,284. Want to make sure I'm not dyslexic a little bit right there. It is morning. We're drinking here. Uh, <laughs> the Kickstarter was successful. It was successful in meeting its first goal. It had success in reading multiple stretch goals and raised up a total at that time of 236,000 US dollars. Um, and so from that point, I think the Kickstarter, you know, was a success at the time. Double, I want to start with you. What was your Kickstarter experience like? What what drew you to it? What made you and I think both of you, uh, if you don't. How did you, know, you find it? You know, yeah. for one, I mean, where did that all come together? I, I, I peruse Kickstarter so infrequently, but, you know, are you guys on, actively looking for these things? No, honestly, I hadn't even really heard of Kickstarter when this, I didn't, we were in, I was in a group, we were basically in limbo. A lot of us were coming from Battlefield 1, we were all dissatisfied with the franchise and couldn't find a good FPS game and we we're just kind of jumping between whatever games we could play. We had to like, we were there one day and a couple of the Hell Out Deuce devs literally just came into our Discord and started asking us and, you know, they presented their idea where they asked us if we brought a realistic first person shooter game focused on historical accuracy and the way they described it we were all just like take our money and cool quite literally the first so they, day the yeah they were actively live. advertising they found you that's awesome yeah yeah they came right to us and i think there was two or three of us in the group that quite literally bought a um major package the first day it went live wow was yeah, like and that just goes to show at heart, you know, like they were always looking for the people, you know, and and you know they had a they had a concept and they knew who to go to. I think that's awesome. Um, do you remember off any offhand any names like who who came in to have the chat? I think it was Spawn or Max. Oh, cool. Max, Mike's, Max might have been if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that just shows passion. I think to to go out there, you know, to, that's that's selling your product and you know getting that initial interest. That's that's really cool. What about Grim? Uh, what about you? How did you come across the Kickstarter and uh, uh, made your decision to buy it? Yeah, actually, I can't really uh, remember the exact uh, yeah the exact reason. Oh no, not the reason, but uh, how how it went. Uh, like when we decided to pick up the major pack, but uh, it was like 2017 when uh, we were playing a lot of uh, squad and all the other realistic shooters that are out there. Um, and during that time, uh, it was uh, 
in uh, my time when I was in uh, deployment preparation because I went to uh, Mali in 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was when the uh, when the game dropped for the first time, I, I think. It was like around March or April. I don't know exactly when it was. But uh, this was when the first week of a playable pre-alpha phase was uh, downloadable and stuff. And uh, my buddies that were home in Germany uh, told me about it. And I checked it out uh, while I was on deployment. And uh, I got hyped even more. <laughs> um, you yeah. had something to look forward to to get you back home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't uh, couldn't wait for it uh, to get my hands on it. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, we decided to uh, buy the major pack because uh, we we found uh, this game to be uh, something that could be interesting for us since we looked uh, we looked really for a game that uh, would pick up the spirit of the old Battlefield Two game, like like Project Reality, Forgotten Hope, this t- type of game, like. Uh, yeah, not so casual, but still a little bit more fast-paced and uh, not too much Mill-Zimish. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this this all, this is also something that really bothers me. I don't want to dive too deep in it right now, but this Mill-Zimish... Uh, oh, we want it, we want it. Bring it, yeah. bring it. <laughs> there, there's too many people right now call, calling uh, for games that are Mill-Zim or, or calling Hell It Loose even Mill-Zim. That's, that's complete bullshit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a more tactical shooter that is, like, picking up the the spirit of Battlefield 2, like I said. And that's also what the devs intended it to be. Like, uh, they never intended it to be a military simulation. They intended it to be a more realistic tactical shooter uh, that, like I said, is more like a Battlefield game from the older generation. Like, uh, not uh, Battlefield 5 and all the other crap that is out right now. Hardcore uh, elements. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Uh, that, more that more hardcore. Before we dive right into this, and this one, we know this one was going to be, this is going to be a heavy We got to get our shout out in here yeah, for yeah, who's so, found this information. So I want to frame this a little bit structure, and we're going to kind of break this down into the major, major points. But uh, what we did is we went through all, and when I say we, uh, I want to go ahead and give credit to Dash30 and also um, uh, Ripsreader on Discord. Uh, he's also Sunseeker on Reddit, uh, but he they went through and they just dissected every single word of the frequency asked questions that came out during the Kickstarter and the Kickstarter page itself and identified 97 promises, not including stretch goals not reached, 97 promises. And That's we a lot of promises. Went, it is a <laughs> lot of promises when you look at it. And of those, 57 have been kept. So why the show title is kickstarter promises broken let's go ahead and acknowledge that fundamentally they have delivered a game and a majority of the promises they have met some of those being like the maps mm-hmm. they said we we're gonna have we have those maps dedicated servers dedicated servers yeah and I, I, that's servers. a big sell that's a big sell yeah. if you're trying to sell a game you say dedicated servers i think a lot of ears perk up because that yeah it puts the tools into you know an ownership hand like hey community boom here you, you can have your dedicated server and you you build yeah. your foundations off of that i think that's that was a huge one to keep but like again thank you rib spreader thank you uh dash 30 you guys researched the hell out of that and your analysis is really gives us the show um so those 57 is a huge number but let's go on the other hand you got 34 promises not kept but it's still a pre-alpha game there's still time we could still see these things happen and this is more with the weapons um to come you know you got your all oh, those russian weapons i saw the other day online oof 
PPSH. Like I can't Pop wait shot, to see yeah. how that comes. Uh, <laughs> and then the vehicles, right? There's still times to see what other vehicles they might add and what's going to get implemented. Who knows? Maybe the maps change. Maybe they go wider. Like again, we got a lot of a lot of time from here until the release and uh you know i think hitting majority of what you set out to do is a is a big thing and then there were some 16 or so unsure maybes in chun do you want to break that down like what what really can't happen anymore well and, and i think that's really we're a little we, unsure i think that's really kind of gets into the heart of a lot of our conversation about you know what are these and and frankly i kind of also want to start by you know we say promises you know, mm -hmm. when, when we talk about promises in this one, I, Graham, I want to start with you. When they got to a, they say a Kickstarter promise, is that to you a sales pitch or a hard covenant that you want the, you know, do you say, this is what I paid money for and this is exactly what I expect? Uh, what's your definition of a promise as relation to, to this conversation? To be honest, um, for me, it was from the beginning like uh, just something to get people the general direction where it's going. Like, like it's not uh, set in stone. Like, it's it's uh, about to change. And I, or we actually, the the people that uh, bought the major pack, uh, me and my buddies, we we knew that uh, probably some of the promises gonna be changed, no matter how how it's going. So. Uh, it's it's always that like this is not our first Kickstarter. It's also not our first uh, early access game that we purchased, and uh, so we know some stuff is going to be changing or it's going to change to to the better or maybe to the worse. But uh, this stuff that got listed on the uh, on the Kickstarter page was just something for us uh, to have a general direction and a general idea of uh, what the devs intend uh, the game to be. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Double, what, what do you, when you look at these promises, is this a hard covenant to you or kind of as Grim said, more of a, a general guideline, the pirate's code, it's a guideline. <laughs> with what Grim just said, I agree pretty much wholeheartedly with him. Um, although I, before this, I didn't really know what Kickstarter was. I wasn't my first early access game. And if you get into any early access game, you got to realize stuff's going to change. It's going to change exactly. across the board mm -hmm. in ways that they don't, the devs do not even know when they originally start the Kickstarter and all that. So you got to accept that. Um, but you got some lot... pretty cool helmets, though. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we are still I, waiting I, for the uniform, though. Yeah, I don't care. That's true. I, love, I love my American helmet. That is the best helmet with the leaves <laughs> all over it. Everybody's like, dude, where, where, where do you get that helmet from? These yeah, Bush German one with netting uh, in front of know, Yes, I, yes. Starting with a Kickstarter, nice. let me throw money for that helmet now. <laughs> hey, 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 grab the. Uh, to, your... to be honest, that was one of the reasons we bought in because yeah. we yeah. wanted <laughs> the uniform and the helmet. You made. <laughs> vain but yeah but, to carry through their double i mean your thoughts but it was the same thing like a lot of the stuff i'm gonna say is the same thing grim said they we were all in limbo on a game like battlefield franchise that disappointed so many people everybody is sick of the cod and all this other stuff we weren't really into like the csgo is too mm -hmm. arcadey we wanted a more realistic we wanted we were sick of shooting people 20 times to kill them <laughs> get all back this, to the roots yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So Back at the root, the so at the root of what the game is offered so far, you guys are pretty good with like the base structure of the game and how it's put together. Like, uh, you know, an s like the essence of the game is is where Other, you thought you were. They, they carried through on that promise. 
other than a few things, like, then their minor mechanics of flushing out the actual game meta, stuff like that, I love this game, and I think it's probably one of the best FPS games I've ever played. It's immersive. Hell yeah. I, I so, mean, the hours we have currently I speak for themselves, I, I think, so. Yeah, yeah so, right? So with that, so, so this is coming from a place of love. Alright, mm -hmm. so we, we, we got let's, that. Let's go through the, the, the original key, Kickstarter key quotes and analysis, so... Word for word, what was researched, what was pulled from. Um, the Hell at Loose is a realistic multiplayer World War II combined arms first-person shooter of open battles up to 100 players with infantry, tanks, artillery, and a shifting front line. At its core, it's a unique resource-based strategic metagame that is easy to learn but hard to master. Boom. What's our key takeaways and what's realistic? Um well, what is the definition and, and in what aspects, like how far do you think that carried through? And uh, is it really realistic as possible or is it as realistic as it's playable, right? Uh, Double, what are your thoughts to its original uh, phrasing from the Kickstarter? The original phrasing, it's like Grim said, they also kind of, um, yes, they said a lot of stuff to try to grab people and stuff, but... For the most part, people, some people I think misinterpreted the original wording, thinking they were going to get full Milsim or something mm -hmm. out of this, which was totally not in the cards. Nobody, at least myself, when I went and bought the major pack, I was not looking for Arma in marching three hours to get into a five minute firefight. It was the action was supposed to be in your face, what, and they followed through on a lot of it. Like the maps were recreations from old tactical maps and photos that really drew me in. I was like, oh, historical yeah. that, draw me, that draws me in. <laughs> like, the pit, you ever seen the um the still pictures they have of like the um different key features, like the church on Saint Marie Dumont and mm -hmm. Scarantan next to the real life photos? They're insane the amount of detail they've gone into. It's it didn't disappoint in my opinion on a lot of it. it they've made minor concessions that allow for people to have fun and sacrificing the elements that people don't like out of games like arma or even squad or postscriptum where it's a little clunky and a little too realistic in certain mm -hmm. aspects it takes away from the fun of the game you have so, to give and get on some yeah. things yeah for sure i so, understand I, yeah i love the fast-paced arcadey type shooter but i love the fact that you Aren't, are you are punished severely for making poor tactical decisions like moving out of cover and trying to cross this field you just you ruined your own day on mm -hmm. by doing this well grim you're master of hell um go to the end of that is is this game easy to learn or is it hard to master like to, to really hit on that you are the master of hell so like is there a ceiling to it do you think like it's really adaptable in its current state from where it was or did they think make things a little too complex um, I think they they can even make it more complex. To be honest, I, I think it, it from from uh, my perspective, it's it's hard to learn and hard to master. Like when you when you get Broken into the game and, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you have you have no clue what's going on. Uh, it's it's completely a mess for new players. I think they should add something like a base tutorial to get people uh, a general direction. I mean, they have this this. Uh, this list of stuff that you can read through and, and so on, but I think they need a playable tutorial. And mm, um, the uh, other thing is, it, it's it's kind of a hard balance for me. Like, you, I think I I like that the people need to get more into the community and learn the game by just playing it. But like I said, on the other hand, they need a playable tutorial to get 
people in mind to the basics of the game. Is like, that like, a, is that like a play-in? Is that like a play-in? Like you have to do this tutorial. It takes thir- half an hour to go through the various weapons and armaments or like how, how would you structure that, that tutorial setup? I would structure it like, uh, yeah, the, the chain of command stuff, uh, the, how uh, to build a garrison. how to build garrisons and what they are for and that they are pretty fucking important otherwise mm-hmm. you fucking lose the game uh, as well as notes and and all that stuff and that would be basically it and maybe like yeah the normal fps stuff but yeah. uh, so like a tutorial with yeah. like an emphasis bit like you put down a garrison like congratulations and this is why it's important kind of like yeah, a text exactly. appears or exactly. okay 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 100 so, percent so there's sort of two things in there I want to get on because I think this is where, a, a, you know, for me, I'm not a Kickstarter, but I think these are the things I would have latched on to resource based strategic metagame. I, 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 I can't can we sit here and say that this is still a resource based strategic metagame? And I'm going to play devil's advocate here for, and kind of frame it. One, we all talk about how this game is st- so steamrolling because if you cap- capture the midpoint, who have a resource advantage. Is that strategic? Okay, maybe. Is that the metagame? Okay, maybe. On the flip side, resources, there's been plenty of teams that have won without a commander. Good squad leaders doing garrisons, no commander, no resources used. Does the commander give an advantage? Yes. Do you need a commander in a public game? I don't know. Uh, so let's kind of dive on that. Resource-based strategic metagame. Graham, starting with you. Um... Like, like, uh, how how do you mean? Uh, like, like, I I don't really got the the point of of uh, what's the question is right now. Um, well, when you when you read that as a Kickstarter, and now that you're, you know, was that a, was that a key point for you? Do you how did you interpret that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's it's uh, it's important or was important for us because uh, you know we were also playing a lot of company heroes and uh, they mentioned it. I think in the. Uh, kickstarter page i'm not too sure but uh somewhere they mentioned that uh, they also got inspired by company of heroes with the yep. uh, resource mm-hmm. system and that it uh, would be yeah company of heroes basically in first person and stuff and uh yeah that that got us interested really like we wanted something uh like also like in planet side for example where the team uh has to work together to accomplish yeah, um, something for the chain of command. Like, so yep. the chain of command can work for the team and uh, vice versa. Like, it's definitely yeah. objective based. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you think that's been so far kept or not kept? As far as the um, goes, it, it has kept, but it has changed from where it was originally going. But uh, I'm also thinking that they might bring back uh, the old system with also the old maps. I mean, if you look at the maps, uh, there still is. Uh, the cutout part that is grayed out and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, I think they will bring that back maybe in the future when the game is full release and we see another mode that is like basically the uh, Company Furious mode we got the, in the first place. I can remember they uh, cut out this game mode uh, just to make it more... Um, yeah, or more easy Concentrated? for people to get in. Yeah, dense. Keep the, keep the fire yeah, yeah. dense. So, yeah. if, I, if and if we're in agreement on that, like... What do you think would need to happen before they unlock those two grid squares of gray, you know, like to get or sorry, four, you know, width wise, because I, I I wish I was there for that to really see how that was implemented. I'm sure the mega flanks was a thing. 
but is that sustainable with a hundred players? And now you got all these new, like you need logistics, you need tanks, you need, you know, artillery. It's just more people away from the battle. Like, do you think they need to first increase the server caps? Like, I don't know, like what, what would need to happen before you would feel comfortable that they do that, that gray out expansion? I think they don't uh, need to change that much, actually. I think mm-hmm. they they just uh, need to get more more vehicles, to be honest. Like like maybe even spawn vehicles, like in postscriptum. I think they handle that pretty well. Uh, I think they mentioned uh, somewhere that they also intend the half tracks to be something like uh, spawnable uh, vehicles. I think that's a pretty cool idea. <laughs> it's probably and, more than a one hit yeah. wonder with uh, an AT or a rocket to this. To yeah, this I mean, I mean, I mean truck, yeah, truck, look, right? I mean, even the trucks, the trucks even got nerfed. Like they, they were one shot everywhere and now they are only one shot when they hit them directly in the front. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I think it will be something like that with the half tracks. So, and also the, the half tracks, uh, yeah, we will see how, how they implement them uh, with the uh, costs, like how, how much resources do they cost mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, also, like, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward for the Kübelwagen and the Jeeps and stuff. So uh, maybe but- the Recons can, can move around by themselves more quick and stuff. I think that's important when, when you open up the map more. And, um, yeah, I think they need to change or tweak the node system, really. Like, like at the moment, I, I think they're going the right direction with uh, that uh, um, that the people can can place more by themselves like now now everyone can place up to 12 and uh, and stuff like this but the, what they fucked up is like when when you capture a sector they they go lost instantly i i'm i'm fine uh, with no no no, that, no no we're not starting that one again we're not that was uh, our okay. last episode uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah to come back to the point i think they don't uh, need to to uh, tweak that much they just need to uh, tweak a little bit uh, with the vehicles, they need to tweak a little bit with the nodes, and uh, yeah, they need to basically just bring back that mode and we're good to go. Like, I, I think that doesn't need to be that much change, to be honest. Yeah, so before we get off of this paragraph, and there's a reason I've spent so much time on this paragraph, because I think it's the essence it's the of core. Hell lose. Double, yeah. I want to go back to you and get your take on shifting front line, because I think this is... A really cool concept. I know oh, is it Steel Division had the, that, that kind of cool concept with those phases coming in, things of that nature. And when I kind of saw the shifting front line, it wasn't all five po- points open at any time. It wasn't ticket-based victory conditions. Uh, it, what was your take when reading that originally? And what's your take on it now? Do, do we still have shifting front lines? Oh, yeah, we have. We totally have. It's just a different form than it was on the Kickstarter page when it got announced. Like Indeed. on the Kickstarter page, there was a picture of, of it almost looked like from just like you said, Steel Division, where, where you can see the uh, the front lines shifting and stuff. Um, but yeah, when they bring back that mode, it probably will be exactly like that. Or I hope it will be like that. And what we have right now, it's, it's also shifting front lines, but it's more in this... Uh, yeah, uh, simplistic. Yeah, uh, and we've we've yeah, we've yeah, dove in depth in later it's, it's double uh, previous yeah. episodes. Yeah. But yeah, double. What's your take uh, as far as shifting? Like, I mean, are you seeing these shift? They they've shifted the the the, the goalposts forward and back on this one uh, in various ways with the garrison meta and all that. But what's your take? The shifting front lines. I think I think it comes down to what somebody's interpretation of that really is. Are you looking for a physical line on a map to change or are you looking for the battle itself around the different sectors of the map? Because to me, a 
dynamic shifting front line comes down to the competency and skill of the different squads facing each other. Because if you come head to head with the squad, you're either going to roll over, one's going to roll over the other, or they're going to adapt in that line where they're fighting. Everything's going to shift. And if the team's working well together, that line shifts organically throughout the fight. So the way the game is structured initially to begin, like it, it is promoting that dynamic shifting line. It's up to the players to make that happen. Yeah. It's well, capacity. I mean, you have capacity to do yeah. whatever you like. I mean, you'll you'll you can see those squads right. doing the Uber flanks, you know, like 500 it's, meters away from the point. The, the, they're, they're free to do that. You know, one thing that makes this game different. And I've always liked this from the beginning. It's different from other FPS shooters because it's not that mind numbing. Just run around and just shoot at people. You've mm -hmm. got to use your brain to get the full aspect of this game. You've got to work well with the squad together. You got to communicate. Just that in general changes how this game plays compared to many other first person shooters. Okay, well and let me let me challenge that though because and I'm playing devil's advocate here. They put out an image and Graham, you you mentioned this image of this kind of fluid line. Not this two kilometer by two kilometer box that we have now. Do you think that the, the, the adherence to a square based grid system keeps in line with the intention of shifting front lines because you have active red zone, active blue zone, as opposed to that picture where it was this kind of little snake line that looked around? Double, what's your thoughts? See, I don't know. I, like I said, I think it's up to the players to make that mm -hmm. happen. There's some things now we talked before in Sean about something that could help do that. And I really liked your idea. Now, before when the, when the kickstart first launched, like when the game was first made available, we, the kickstart original kickstart backers were allowed to play before a lot of people. And there was like one server up and it was hardly ever full, but you'd go in and every status. Yeah, but <laughs> you, you go into the map and it was just St. Marie Dumont 24-7. It was like old school Battlefield and you had 24-7 Metro. But uh, you'd go in and there would be every single point on the map was active at the same time. And mm. it, it was outright chaos. Like, well, How did that happen? So walk me through somebody who didn't experience <laughs> this. So you could back cap and then the, the, you have well, an active forward cap? Like, was that happening well, a lot? Because well, that, that to me is like almost realistic in the sense you can cut off a supply line, you know? Yeah, you could. You could. Yeah. It was really weird. And like um, Grim said earlier, the sides of the map were open, which they initially, from my understanding at the time, shut down because like we did not have Jeeps. We didn't have tanks. We had no vehicles whatsoever. It was 100% oh, yeah. on foot. Yeah, it was too much running square, around. Yeah, eight square <laughs> kilometers was way too much for just foot foot-based combat now that they have everything back in i think with one addition and i really liked your uh, suggestion on this and sean when you had mentioned keeping everything exactly the same like you picked the two um the home base spawn and then the second sector are the two random points generated and then middle spawn needs to add a second point so that's why that way it's not based off whoever just caps that one middle point now there's two sectors in the middle to mm -hmm. fight over and that breaks up the tedium of that just hold that middle point all game and it kind of adds a Actually, it adds a very dynamic shifting front line to the combat. Yeah, you've got, you know, your north and south almost, right? Instead of and just east-west meeting, you can actually have a little circular action. You I, know, yeah, it's I totally strategically send more people to. And then, like Grim said, at this point, now we have the vehicles, and hopefully with the introduction of the half-tracks, maybe as a mobile spawns, and Willy Jeeps and Kubu Wagons hopefully coming out, opening up the rest of the maps, because honestly, some of my most favorite spots to fight on are on St. Marie Dumont in the cutoff sectors. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah exactly. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> to fight out in there. Well, Nobody knows about him. I totally did, totally just did you, pay double. Just you guys. <laughs> yeah, I totally did pay double to say oh, that man. for me, but I, I think we've, we, we've, we've said 10,000 words, about 80 words in that paragraph. So now I want to go ahead and move us down to one sentence, one simple sentence, because I think a lot of people get on this. This is a simulation of war, not an arcade shooter. So you talked to Mill Sims, we talked to Density, you talked about where you're, kind of, you're running all this time. So let's hit to a simulation of war, first part of it. Double, is this a simulation of war? Is that a promise? Do we, have we kept that promise? Yes, but at the same time, a huge resounding no. Um, <laughs> it's, that was, I think, one of the things like Grimm had worded it, trying to grab at the people when they were uh, promoting the game, trying to get people into it. Mm-hmm. In, in one aspect, they've kept to a pretty damn good aspect. Like when you come around a corner and you take shots at somebody 200 meters away, it's not like you got to put six rounds into a dude. You get your shot on target and you can drop the dude in one shot, kind of, you know, more, a little more realistic. TTK. Somebody gets hit by, yeah, yeah, that time to kill is not forever. And then you, it's great. You're sitting there with their squad. Some, one of my, I still remember it when the artillery first came in and dismemberment was first introduced. I'm sitting there with my squad. We're moving and I'm, we're sitting there. Um, and Sean, you know how I communicate when I'm squad leading. I'm like, getting moving. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's push. And I look back after an artillery shell lands. My entire squad's just applesauce <laughs> behind me. And I'm like, this is Marmalade. fucking incredible. Yeah. Marmalade, yeah. And Hands and like, feet. So on one way, yes, it's a, an incredible simulation of war with the immersion of it, but they've left out, like I said, how um, I hated postscriptum. You're sitting there running, and after five seconds, you're breathing heaven. You got to drink from your canteen, and you got to yeah. do all this stuff. It, it, it yeah, gets, it, it's too realistic. It becomes phony it's, almost. It's in a sense, right? so you got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not gamey. Okay, so let's get to the second part of that one. This is not an arcade arena shooter. I'm going to go ahead just for conversation's sake. Uh, drop out the word arcade. Arcade to me. Or, yeah, sorry, I mean, uh, what, drop out the word what arena. Would you, what would you define as the arcade arena shooters? That like yeah. three lanes and you go down one of the three routes almost because that's almost like the traditional sense. Like yeah, I'm Call of uh, Duty to bl- Battlefield. Well, you even got the your lane. Even the arena uh, for me, I'm thinking uh PUBG. I'm thinking Fortnite. I'm thinking, thinking those Quake. I'm thinking Doom. Yeah, I'm thinking those. I will say that that aspect is okay. Yeah. The part that I want to hold on to is arcade. Grim, uh, what, what, what would make this an arcade shooter or what is currently making this an arcade shooter from your perspective? Nothing. Okay, before, Nothing. Before, before we go to this one, I want to say something quick to the first uh, sentence. Um, <laughs> yeah. because, because I think a lot of people get the simulation wording wrong. Like, also, maybe it's a little bit uh, fault from the devs themselves to put in simulation, but what they really meant with simulation is the immersion. The level of immersion you get in this game is incredible. Like, like uh, Double Dish said, like, I also had a lot of situations where I was with my squad and I was like, shouting people to get the fuck up and fucking charge at the point and stuff, mm-hmm. and now a grenade blow half of them away and stuff. It, it really gets you going, and I often it's, have my heart totally pumping good. and stuff, like also in the tournament battles and so on. But yeah, I, I really think that people need to get away from from this simulation as being like real real life 
example of how military service is going because that's that's completely different. Like also, it's different in squad and and for scriptum, people totally get this milsim wording completely wrong. Like in armor, you, sometimes you have this milsim that is pre-organized and stuff, but it's completely different from squad for scriptum and hell it loose. Okay, now let's get to the other sentence. Um, no, it's completely not an an arena shooter. It never was. It, yeah, it's no. I don't know. For me, an arena shooter like Doom or Quake or whatever is like. Jumping around like crazy, shooting plasma guns, <laughs> whatnot. So no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're constantly at a yeah. you know level above your head. You know, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. This amped at you know, whereas you, exactly you're pacing. One, it's pacing. Exactly, yeah. It's you, you it's can, literally you how out. high and yeah. how long it stays here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then loose, you have you have moments where you just lay down on the ground and just do recon. You you sit mm, there with your yeah. binos and scan the area and and. Uh, like organize your squad and then you go for the tech and, and, and that's but, potential this game yeah. gives you right yeah, that's the that's for the speaking. sake I mean, you're not going to see it in every pub match but when it's used to right i mean there's so many different things you can do thinking and using your brain oh yeah, god yeah allowed. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, it's not about the reflexes only. But, like, but I mean, as you're yeah, saying, I mean, the pacing reflexes, to get to the no. point is, you know, like your hardcore group, you would you'd stay back, you'd analyze every little aspect before you move forward. This game, just fucking send a body, you know, find where the enemy yeah. is, get that 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 logistical data uh, by sending out the the one guy to go scout it f ahead, and then you're going. You know, there's no That's there's the pacing exactly. is way in the middle of everything you know from let's analyze everything and let's analyze nothing of the arcadiness to hey send a dude out figure it out go act you know like act in a faster rapid thing i, I was saying earlier about that the, uh, that's exactly what i was saying earlier oh. about finding that balance you can have that realistic uh tactical combat but then when it gets in close you still have that I dare to say arcadey style combat where you can still move fast and really have that fun gunplay that so they've Grim, managed to keep the whole time. So Grim mentioned this video. We're going to go ahead and pull this up now. This Grim, mm -hmm. you want to give us the background on this video just quickly here? Yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, while we are talking about uh, all this uh, gameplay mechanics and stuff, like I uh, remember that I posted the video early on and, uh, yeah, I think that's a good example of how this game gets you pumping sometimes. And this was a situation where I got behind this guy. My squad leader or spotter told me that was gun guy uh, that could be potentially uh, interrupting our reconnaissance mission. And I was like, okay, fuck, I get him. And I run uh, uh, like behind him. And uh, John yeah, wet his like face. You've seen the video. <laughs> with, yeah. with I, I, I whipped him right in the face. <laughs> I whipped him with a shovel. Yeah. yeah. Indeed, indeed. So uh, yeah, so I think from that aspect. Um, yeah, and I think this is the one where a lot of the community still struggles with. You know, you guys are the Kickstarters. The show is about, you know, what your take is. I don't know if the community is going to come along with you for some aspects of that, but um, I really do appreciate the insight. What you guys have talked on uh, is a lot of the previous games that have been mentioned. I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge some of those games on there. Uh, the High Intensity Cartage, you said that. Uh, Brutality of Red Orchestra 2. Uh, they mentioned Project Reality. Oh, I love this game. Yeah, Project Reality, you know, going back to that BF2 Days double, I was right there with you. Uh, give me some Caratan, or not, not Caratan, what was it, Carklin? Uh, Car what was the desert? Uh, oh, I forget the one. It was, anyway, I'm sure chat will be able to get it. I'll, I'll put it out <laughs> there. But it was, you know, one of those 24-7 BF2 games. Anyway, prefer intense, terrifying, intelligent, instead of long, tedious, and boring. Oh, you, oh wait, I can't remember, Cock Hunt. Karkin, thank you. Strikes, strikes, Karkin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was such a great map. Such a great map. Anyway, yeah. 
Anyway, we'd like to go into the next little emphasis of what the Kickstarter was originally saying. Um, This is their statement. We're removing all the modern gameplay incentives that we feel focus the entire experience back onto the uh, back onto the individual, such as how many kills you get. That uh, what perks do you? Yeah, right. Drew me in a lot right there. It's like it's not exactly right. It's not just this element. Who's the best shooter? But it's like, what can you as the team do? And I think that they've kind of kept that concept, in my opinion, is like you can't win unless you're a team. Right. I mean, you can pull through with one, two good squad leads in a pub match, play a competitive match. Totally different game. You need the whole team working together as one unit um, to accomplish the objective. So definitely double like give me give me your feedback like again it's not how many kills you get but it's how you get it it's really the intangibles right that win games it in sean has seen this time and time again hell last night was a good thing um there was at well, one we were point playing the game folks we were in the game it was in hell let loose right. so yeah and last <laughs> night last night in hell let loose we were in a match we had the training camp split up in a couple squads and on one side we were just getting totally destroyed and i was on the side that was getting totally destroyed the squad i was in i was with shaka and whatnot we ended up with just shaka myself and hellfire and the three of us more than doubled our entire team's offensive score and combat effectiveness score and it's that just is a testament we lost it's a testament to say that no matter how good the shooters you have on one side if you have one two good shooters it's not gonna make your game it is not gonna do it you need a team thinking and working well together it I don't care how good you are. It's not going to make the game. It's like, not going to win you. And beyond those elements of those incentives, like, again, just as the team building perk, but it, this game doesn't care. Like, uh, you know, like it doesn't give you a perk. It gives you a weapon unlock yeah. after a certain level, but you're not like customizing a weapon with a different nope. configuration. Like any of these new modern shooters that you see is like, like oh, no weird, you know, weird Hello Kitty STG with, you know, like a red dot scope on the side. Like it's, it, that's not a thing. It's the same standard loadout. And that to me is at the core of what I always enjoy is the weapons are the same, right? It, it's historically that. accurate. Nobody's doing these weird modifications. Like that is the setup that is always going to be a consistency across. All right. A I bar is that. a bar is a bar. You know, you, you're not going to change the weapon beyond what it's natural base configuration. Oh, that to okay. me, and the fact difference. that only two people per team can have a scoped weapon and not everybody's yeah. running uh, around shooting you at 500 meters. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get, let me come back in here. I'm going to, I'm going to stop the praise train here. The praise train's going to stop because oh, as they said, what gun did you unlock? Okay. Fine, so man. I know, I know. That, I know. Is, well, that is your incentive. That is your perk to yeah. play a class. You telling me that the grind to German assault level nine is not a broken promise. The satchel with the STG and how many people that, grinded that is after a little that? OP. <laughs> no, I think it's a good thing. I think you need to have powerful classes like that locked behind a wall somewhere somehow. And I think it's good having that at the end of it as a reward because it is a very powerful class, but it's not game breaking. You need to know how to use the weapons you have and the tools you have. Yep. Uh, Graham, what's, what's your thoughts? And you kind of get into the whole unlock system because I think this is really something that kind of came out in update eight in more recent times. For most part, the classes were pretty steady until recently. Everybody had their car 98 or their men one, right? That was the, that was the way it was. Man, <laughs> every time I go on Reddit, I see someone posting about too much automatics. This is a diff- uh, this is a really uh, topic that gets me going, man. Um, <laughs> like, Get into like it. yeah. On, on one hand, I I agree with the people that there is 
too much automatics in general, but I'm I'm not opposed to unlocks, and I'm also not opposed to unlock uh, or block stuff behind the wall like uh, double dash set like. Uh, the, the STG, for example, it needs to be uh, that hard of a grind. And uh, on, on one part, yes, it is kind of a broken promise. But uh, on the other side, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not that hard of a broken promise. Like, it's, it's, it's not so, so much impacting for me. Like, like, but, uh, but, does, but does this go back to our earlier conversation? Simulation of war versus arcade. Does the increase, and because eventually people, if they play this game, will have more automatics. Does the increase of arcade or of automatics get us away from that simulation of war promise or statement, however you want to say it? No, no, for me not. Because it's, it's not about this like 100% uh, accurate uh, military simulation stuff. It's more about the immersion, and I still get immersed by it. Like, um, I think. My idea, now I'm going to say, my idea would be that they uh, make a team limitation on weapons. Like, there's a general pool of weapons for the team, mm -hmm. so people can form up, like, assault uh, sections and anti-tank sections and so on. So, that's also a problem. There's too much anti-tank. There's too, way too much anti-tank. You're going to see more vote kicks with that, I'm sure. <laughs> 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 that level 10 still yeah. my AT. <laughs> Yes. Like, yeah, Stop yeah. shooting the, the that, That's up to the community. But again, that's it's where do you balance between the two, right? I think, like, again, in, in the technical aspects, like enabling all these new automatics coming into the game, it was a balancing issue. They were trying to, like, there's so many people bitching about, I can't do anything with the car 98. And, like, what did they do? MP40s now, like, really fucking dominant you know like you got an scg on every corner you know your salt class level nine the satchel yep. they, they brought in so many things to try and like counterbalance so it's like what do you give up to get in in, in, in a state of like you know equilibrium on both sides right the parody because nobody's gonna like again i i laugh at every forum post that i see it's like well in the historical sense the squad limit in this you know was like x amount of players but it's like no like nobody is it's six yeah, on it's, both it's sides bullshit. right like yeah. You can't historically match up. No, nobody's gonna give a fuck. You know, like yeah. It's otherwise, like, the, the the squads would be bigger and the the weapon yeah. pool would be completely different. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's not like <laughs> it's not yeah. car ninety eight players protecting the MG gunner. It's it, that like that like, exactly, that, that no. historical accuracy not gonna happen. Yeah, not gonna exactly. Happen. Like yeah, no. no. And, and I mean, on the other hand, like the people that are argumenting with uh, that kind of arguments are always forgetting that there was a lot of units that were basically just full automatic, pure full automatic. There were assault mm -hmm. platoons on both sides, like uh, on the Allied and the Axis side that were using mainly automatic weapons and fully automatic weapons, like uh, especially in the late war. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, let me finish the quote here I since I saw them out midway. So... Going from the which gun did you unlock argument, but the rest of the quote is, how do you build a team play base game on a foundation in which all players actively want to succeed alone? This seemed very counterintuitive to us as successful warfare is waged only as a coordinated force. So coming right back around, you know, against the team play that really they wanted to hammer hard in this game. Do you think they've achieved it? Uh, double and grim? Yes or no? Yes. Do you think they've hit that? Yes. Yes, they have. I believe they have. The problem is, and I believe Grimm kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, was the fact that, and there's a reason why they haven't done it yet, is they, I agree, they 100% need a tutorial at the beginning of the game that you have mm -hmm. to go through before you can load into a multiplayer match. But the reason they have not done it, because the meta is not flushed out, that the game is not completely flushed out. So how do you make a tutorial for a game that people have to play when it's not done? 
you're gonna have to but remake it, it like that, ten times. But, in, but into the basis of like tutorial all the time. Yeah, the, times, ge yeah. the general stuff though, like I think is what Grim was saying earlier is like how to build a garrison, how to build a node, right? And maybe you put a blurb. I don't know. It flashes up after you build it. Like this is why it's important, or somehow right. you incorporate those ideas. Of like it's kind of necessary, you know, and try and do I this as much be, as you can. Right? I think it would be really cool if they did it in the style of those old recruitment videos, like have that dude like the way you oh, watch the grainy video yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I actually think like i think up. i think mosca who we'll have on later we'll ask him actually did some of those for uh his community himself but uh, so we'll yeah. go ahead and get it and i, I i'm gonna go ahead and read out uh sun seekers notes here what he put out rejection of indi individualism doesn't equal rejection of individual accomplishment in the context of teamwork so there's still incentives out there you can go solo but if you're not contributing to your team that's a waste Sunseeker's notes there on the, the I think was just a, just a tasty little nugget to chew on. You guys have said it also. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, me personally, I still think the gun unlocks is a little bit of a promise broken, especially when you go back and combine it with the other statement of each man was giving a role, many of them in limited quantities with limited equipment and training. I think they nailed that on the snipers. I love that, that there's not everybody running around the snipers. But the fact that the mechanics right now allow for I don't know, 35 machine guns. If one person creates a squad and someone joins in, another person creates a squad, joins in, and blah, blah, blah. And you just have 35 machine guns on the map. I, I, I It's cheesy. I get it, but I don't know. And it's why yeah, you'll never see I... them have the weapon pickup, you know, ability. <laughs> yeah. No, I just shoot, good... shoot the MG gunner like five times and get a full squad of MGs. I, <laughs> I do think with the weapon pickup, I don't think there should be so much weapon pickup. What about ammo? Do, ammo. I believe it should be limited to like one mag. Like if I'm running by or something like that and I see a buddy of mine got shot and he has an M1 grand also, I should be able to grab like one clip or one bandolier. Yeah, but not magic. But again, you guys are the really experienced exactly. veteran yeah, players say. that actually use all your ammo, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe I, if they I, cut back the ammo. It's sure, but it's, it's, it I, 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 I always seem to, to die with a round. So it all yeah. happens all the time to me. And I wish I could run by a dead body and grab an extra mag somewhere, and that would be mm. awesome. Yeah, or when you're completely out of ammo and you're cut up from uh, cut off from your section, and you when you knife one enemy, baby. you pick up the weapon. <laughs> right, right, yeah, that would be cool. And you get instead of picking up the weapon, you like you said earlier. Grim, not magically just get all their ammo. You yeah. just grab like one mag, or like you get get what's in the weapon itself, yeah, and, and try to get back to your lines. I'm something. loving, I'm loving these humble brags. I'm like, I'm out of smoke. That's how, and that's how my <laughs> game's gone. Can I get some? Yeah, I smoke? use up my smoke, my grenades, and that's you know, I get maybe <laughs> smoke. two raining clips, and then I, I, I kick it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so let's go ahead. Uh, did you want to uh, wrap this up? Because this has been a great conversation. This has uh, really for... been great. I, you know, I think we need to bring these guys back because uh, I don't think we've talked at all. Uh, if we do have a scrimmage, uh, we're 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 going into. That's why we're on an earlier times uh, timetable today. But uh, yeah, no. Again, this has been fantastic conversation. I think this will need to have to come back uh if, yeah, we should again. do this more often <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's the final point final take did the broken promises or perception of broken promises move the game in a better direction uh let's start with you double what's your what's your final take uh so far i think so yes as long as they keep working to try to iron out my biggest thing is i love how the developers really have been from the beginning connected with the community if you pay attention every once in a while you'll notice you'll see spano you'll see max 
or a couple of the other devs, you'll see them in a regular game. Sometimes you'll catch them in the uh, MPA servers or even an official server somewhere. And they play right along with the community. They have been from the start. Their goal from the beginning has been to make a game that they want to play also. So I think, I mean, I'm in um, risk of sounding like a fanboy. I think they're doing fucking awesome. I love this game. I wouldn't well, have twenty six hundred hours. Almost yeah. we're all we're all fanboys here, man. I, 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 again, I think that's well stated compliment, uh, and it goes to what you were saying earlier. They came and found you, and you got in yeah. on the Kickstarter. Like that's that's mind blowing. You know, it's like you just your average guy. Like, hey, I'm making a game, and, and I am and they constantly have that feedback loop, right? To, with and I am the community, super. I'm super critical and. Oh, what the fuck you want my money? You know, I, right at the beginning when they came, I thought they were like scamming us. I'm like, <laughs> some Kickstarter me, yeah, I looked idea. it up. I'm like, yeah, watch out for. There's a whole bunch of warnings when you look up Kickstarter about scams and you know making sure you're not just getting duped by this and people scammed by this Kickstarter and that and <laughs> just I don't know the way the devs talk. I don't know. I felt like I was just like fuck it, take my money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what's what's your take there, Grim? Um, final closeout comment, um, and I'll re- reinstate it. But did the broken promises or perception of broken promises move the game in a better direction? I mean, where where was your what's your final verdict as 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 what you feel the future could hold? Um, and is it promising? It didn't uh, hurt the game. It it didn't hurt the game. It's uh, it's still getting better, and the stuff like uh, Double Dish said. Uh, will probably get ironed out. So I'm I'm really looking forward in the bright future of Hell at Loose. So uh, the devs, uh, like uh, also Double Dish said, are, are making a game they also would like to play. And that was a statement from the beginning. They want a game that not uh, only the community likes, but they also want to play themselves. And I know they actively play the game themselves. So um, I think the game is going the right direction. And uh, when they keep listening to the community... And, you know, it's hard to find the middle ground. Like, one, people say, yeah, we want more automatics, so the game gets more balanced. And the other side is saying, no, we don't want more automatics. It's kind of hard to find the middle ground, you know. And I think they are pretty good at actually finding and figuring out the middle ground. So I think we're going the right direction, and I see a bright future for that loose. Appreciate it, guys. I definitely appreciate it. And uh, I think you guys are right. I mean, we, we, we actually had, what, three or four more points to get into, but there's just so much meat to chew on on this bone. Uh, I, I think we, we have to do this again later on. Double, I appreciate you being here. Grim, I appreciate you being here. More importantly, Cheers. I appreciate you guys having uh, putting up your money and your funding at the beginning so the rest of us have gotten to this point in the game that we can have conversations like this. So thank you once again. Double Grim, looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Yes. All right. So, uh, Digi. <laughs> now, let me let me go ahead. And pr- <laughs> that was so many. That was so much. Yeah. And yeah, again, I used to nail it. We got to bring these guys back. We got to yeah. have that. We yeah. got, we got more me, points to talk about. And let me let me go ahead and start this too. In 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 preparing for this show, I reached out to a lot of people trying to get people that are Kickstarters that are no longer playing this game to try mm-hmm. to get that balance on there. Uh, some of them uh, uh, did have some comments. I tried to funnel some of those comments back through my devil's uh, advocate phrase on there. However, none of them uh, decided to be on the show for personal reasons, things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think that was, I think that was a really great conversation. Uh, I, I'm fantastic. Really looking forward to it. But what do I always look forward to? I always look forward to that little bit of a Mosca minute. Gotta Mosca have my minute. Mos- gotta have hey, my Mosca buddy. minute. He's like, oh. I, I, my favorite Spaniard. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> with the octopus 
t-shirt. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, you know, it's funny. So my wife and I, I don't know if you guys have caught, caught the Watchmen. My wife and I just caught up on that. So Octopus has a whole different reason for me now. But Mosca, what have you been doing in game lately? What have... I in the game. Yep. I have been playing Steel Division. Oh, I okay. Lose. I, I play one match a day. I am resting. A bit. <laughs> Having a very hard weekend, the um, Holy Week or the Easter is uh, cold. Okay, yeah. I can be playing mm-hmm. all day and I am resting now. <laughs> yeah, well, and actually, <laughs> I was able to catch one of your battles, uh, the Barstodos, on the first week of the Greyhound Cup. Yeah, it didn't go the way you wanted to, but uh, you guys did good. And I know there was a lot of uh, things you took away from it. But that's what you took away. This week, you're also giving something back to the community, as you always do. Let's go ahead and introduce your cartoon here for the week uh you want to you want to give us the backstory on this one mosca and uh, yes um, i i am in a clan we have a empty server um i i have been in in another empty server and there is a lot of people bullying stuff a lot of stuff <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that either DG or I might have done that at all. <laughs> hey, we got we got a we got a we got a system, okay? Always <laughs> seating is more interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um I have been seeing uh, snipers driving trucks. Everything is very weird. And I have been thinking about the farming in all the mm-hmm. games yep. you have to farm, but in Hell and Lucy is especially ridiculous. Yes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, and and I, yep. Yeah, and I, I love this for two reasons. One, you're 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 a uh, guy out there with a the hammer, Kilroy, a shout back out to the World War II, the original meme. Yeah, Kilroy was here meme uh, out there. I love the, the little blueprint that's drawn in in gray there. Uh, the the duck wearing a helmet. There's a lot of I love these little details on this one. And yeah. uh <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this will be posted up on Reddit after the show here. Uh, the cow, the cow on top. The cow is alive. He's alive yep. and on top of the bunker. Isn't the only cow alive in Hallelujah? The- <laughs> <laughs> he exists in our imagination. You know, <laughs> you know, like you hear the dogs on what is it, Hill Four Hundred? Maybe there is a living cow uh, that needs to be put in as an Easter egg somewhere. Oh. Put that out there, devs. <laughs> Get the li- one living cow on some map somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> still looking for the dog at uh, Hill uh, 14. He's still uh, looking for Fido. <laughs> <laughs> You'll hear the dog noises. You just got to listen. Of the birds. If, you, if you're in the, the point bird. of that map and you're like, man, these birds are actually really relaxing. My mind was blown, and I think it's Hill 400. Uh, the, the flying fish, the, the salmon will jump out of the streams. Go find it. Go find it. It's it's worth it's worth I a have, watch. It's, they put the that. animation in there, but the fish will jump out of the river. <laughs> So they just put that little uh, Easter egg. You know, everybody's talking about the rat again. I was, I've been looking on the forum post, so it's there. And then go look for Mosca's uh, Easter egg. He's got some cartoons in the hidden in the map. And again, it just shows the love the community has for Mosca. Thank you. Thank you for your new comic. Dude. This is great. The farming is fantastic. Yeah. Best of luck. Take, thank you once again, Mosca. Thank you. Mosca right. Minute. Mosca Minute. <laughs> It always turns into like four or five, but uh, you know what? Is, I, is, I wish we could keep him on here longer, but well, you know we are crunching, crunching <laughs> down the minutes to our uh, scrimmage. Yeah, and so. uh, again, I, I think we're we're about to really see update nine and all its meta and its competitive form uh, yep. very shortly here. But uh, 
what 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 you got for us here? We got a couple couple so, closeout moments. Yeah, so we got our hero hero of the show, and once again, I told Von Luck down at uh, HFKT. He, he keeps he keeps blowing my mind they, every they time. Got, they got to stop producing such high quality content, and specifically high quality individual plays. What we're going to show here, it's called the bait and switch video. An individual mm-hmm. with a car ninety eight uh, using perfect execution of using micro train and using the smoke, not firing in the same location. I actually counted this. We're going to go ahead and switch it over to right now. He's in the trench system. He takes six Fantastic shots. Gameplay. Gets five kills. Gets one right there. They think he's in the trench. He's getting. He's got one shot there. He's going to connect on one more. Now he's two. Not staying in that same location. I think this is a mark of a great player. Car 98 is a good weapon. It's yep. not... It, it, again, in the right hands, the right movements, you can totally play it out like this. Like, bang, bang, bang. Yep. Guys, what's the name on that player? Uh, I didn't this actually is, uh, check. Tree Bird. Tree Bird. Tree Bird. Is, um, tree I, I Beard. Beard. Tree yeah. Beard. It's, not it's the end. The end. Yeah. The Tree Beard. <laughs> Amazing gameplay. If you're watching, if you hear about it, again, really good play. But this is what you need to be doing. Again, is what Double was saying. Use your mind. And again, you can fool a lot of people with these sounds now. It's, yep. it's, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, but again, you, it just uh, allows for some dynamic gameplay. And uh, again, Von Luck, you guys just blow us out of the water with content. You guys are fantastic. Um, yep. We're always happy to show you guys. And great, great moves there by Tree Bird, Bird Beard. Wow, Tree anyway, Bird, Tree, tree Bird, Beard, whatever. By TB. <laughs> TB's my boy now. We're just going to go with TB. Anyway. <laughs> T- okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> we got ready. that on there. Uh, as far as the zero goes, there's not a specific zero that we have. It's general, uh, generally, you know, we said, I said on the last episode, if you're still an asshole, and let's just call an asshole for what an asshole is, going around and taking <sighs> down engineering nodes in game to, to steal XP or s- siphon XP from somebody else. Dude, cut it out. I, I think I think the community's in agreement. I mean, it's it's just like, uh, wow, is that the yeah. best use of your time? Like, I mean, is that what you come to get? Because, again, the points don't rule your life. It's just there. I think it's in that essence of like, it's what does it mean? I mean, like, again, I, I, I'm over level 200. But I don't give a shit. Like, I could be whatever. I, again, the players and the character of each player. Is what yeah. matters. I don't see why people are taking down nodes but it's a thing and we'd like to address that if you do that you are an asshole and sean boom (laughs) we quote zero shame you know like that's our that's our zero of the week if you're continually trying to abuse this incentive meta with the nodes to get some fake in-game points Boo. Why are you doing that? You know, like Some, was, somebody boo this man, right? Boo. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our that's our that's our zero of the week. Um and that's again, the show. I think that's really the show. We gotta we gotta get the hell out of here. We got a yeah. scrimmage to play. I think this is a great episode nine. Um I again let's bring these guys back in, John. Between you and me, I think we yeah. need to bring him back. Yeah, but let's have um, this but, like as an evening conversation so we can drink a little bit more. So, yeah, yeah, it's a little early. I've only had the one glass yeah. and I, I got to go command this scrimmage. So I was like, I got to I got to be glass. your squad leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, as we look forward uh, to next show, I want to give a special shout out. Uh, uh, Mono Special is going to be joining mm-hmm. us as a co-host throughout the entire show. Uh, oh yeah so uh if you if you obviously if you watch any youtube videos you definitely come across him looking he's forward on, to that episode he, you check out his youtube channel mono especial um n-o 
M-O-N-O-E-S-P-E-C-I-A-L. Mono Especial. Great content producer. He brings a lot of the great tutorials together for the Hello's community. Uh, fantastic effort. Um, he's he's from Portugal, Spain. Where did where, you he's, say he's from? Oh, well, we'll get all into that on the next show. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah I can't wait for it, but it'll be a great show. He's a really, uh, he's going to be a fun guest to have online and yeah. really informative. Can't wait for it. Thank you for checking out uh, Let's Talk, uh, episode nine. Take care.